Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away, no minimum listener- listenership. Start getting that Anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Goldhausen. Hello and welcome to the week eight edition of the Schooner Pod. I'm Bobby Howard. It has been a long bye week, Jameson, but here we are. We're back. Yeah, I'm glad to be back on a football week. I did get a little bit of a taste going up to Cleveland this weekend. You did indeed. You did indeed. You went down to Cleveland. And, uh, yeah, I saw two of their buildings. And, Both of them, in fact. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Baker Mayfield did not look good. No, he didn't. I mean, the last two games you've seen him where him and Nick Chubb are in the building, he didn't look too good. So Yeah, it's just that Chargers defense. But yeah, enough anyways, that. anyways, uh, as you know, it's TCU week. And as I'm sure some of you know, uh, a contributor to the Schooner Pod, our, our own good buddy Blake Crowley, went to TCU, and he's here on our podcast today. So, uh, Blake, hello, welcome on. What's up, y'all? I'm so I'm so happy to be on this. Uh, this wow, this uh, I this is the one game each year I get excited for more and more, just because. Of the possibility that I could really relive something uh, that I did my freshman year where we actually beat OU. So uh, I'm happy to be on here, and thanks all for having me tonight. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, all three of us were actually in that building. Oh, my God. That I, was, wow, I forgot Jameson was there. That, yeah, yeah, Jameson was in in a club seat for that one, right? Yeah, I, I don't... I don't think it was a club seat, but it was like I was just given tickets like that morning of, and I was just like, yeah. okay, and I just kind of walked in. Yeah, you fell asleep at halftime, I think. I remember texting I, I, you. I took a little bit of a nap. I was tired. I didn't get a good sleep the night before, but it was just that shows you what that game was going on. I just remember I I had a little bit of a nap, but I could hear the Weedon boys like half oh, asleep God. in my head. <laughs> Those guys dripping of Weedon boys. It was. In case you don't know, the uh, the game we're talking about is a 2014 game uh, where OU came in, like, third ranked. We had Trevor Knight. Everything looked really up for us. And then uh, that Trev- Trevon Boykin team of legend TCU team came in and kind of won by a narrow snag. But it uh, it spawned a video, which will be attached in the, in the, Schooner, the Schooner blog article, um, <laughs> of Blake rushing the field. It's iconic. It's it, that's the only word I can think of it. But Blake, uh, you have a u- obviously unique take on this rivalry. You know, being from Oklahoma, having a lot of us uh, go to you. So what? Uh, I I, ca- I can only imagine how much this means. Even going to Baylor now. Oh yes, and I was even talking to some of my friends that uh, went to Baylor right before this, and I was just telling them. This game means everything for me. It's kind of like it's honestly one of the best scenarios because usually for me it's uh, it's kind of a 
win-win-s that I really got nothing to lose. I'm playing with house money when it comes to this game because TCU never looks like the better team when playing OU. OU's always higher ranked for the most part, uh, and we always have that potential to upset y'all. So there, there is nothing. There was nothing greater than uh, I can't wait for everybody to see this video because there was there was no greater feeling in my entire life. Uh, even with how well we did my freshman year and some of the other great things that went into college. But that moment where we beat OU, the titan of football that I grew up with, uh, is just like one of the best feelings, just knowing the history of y'all's program and just how consistently good this OU team is. And also yeah. just kind of the weird, the weird, like, even though, like, I have a history with, uh, with OU, TCU has that weird uh, way, way, way back in the day when we broke, didn't we bre- like beat one of y'all's like really long home streaks? Yeah, when yeah we were 2005. Right? Yeah, and, and I kind of talked about this on our uh, on the OUTC preview. You guys have this weird, the two kind of seminal moments in TCU football moment uh, history under Gary Patterson, where they really came into the limelight. 2005 was. That big upset where they beat the Rhett Bomar Paul Thompson like dual quarterback team. <laughs> that much was a team no, it wasn't. It was not much of a team. And then Gary, and then Gary Patterson went on and won his Rose Bowls in the Mountain West. And then uh, his big, and then his big moment in the Big 12, 2014, uh, beating beating that OU team really catapulted them into the playoff conversation. So while it's not a rivalry, it's kind of like a it's like a David and Goliath thing, and it's. I mean, just look at just look at the scores. We we always play you guys close. Yeah, they are you guys play us close, and it's it's never a fun game. But I mean, for you guys, I guess I don't know. It was a great game uh, last year, and oh, yeah. because Blake came up and he was just sitting <laughs> there all sad in the student section. We'll also add the sad Blake photos. <laughs> It'll be great. And I had um, to I had to basically re-witness the second like that game part two. Like just a few weeks later, when we played y'all in the Big Twelve Championship, it was just ah oh, that it was just it was just not a fun game. It just like it, the entire time it was the Baker Mayfield. What's y'all tight end Anderson? Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Mark, Andrew, yeah, Mark Andrews. Yeah, Andrews, Andrews, and then uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Harrison, Anderson, Anderson. Anderson. Sorry, I'm botching all these OU guys' names, but it was just them all three. Just the. It was, it's just, it was frustrating till this day. Yeah, honestly, the worst part of that about that, I still feel bad about, is um, you and you and Wilson were, uh, or Blake's other friend Andrew Wilson. Uh, you guys were trying to get, we drove down together, and you were like, Bobby, uh, we're in the car, and I was like, just blackout drunk, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm just stay and watch this trophy ceremony. Like that, that was just the worst. I, I, I feel really bad about that. So I am putting the apology on air. So. It's all good. It's all good. Well, anyways, let's uh, dive into the football. Um, we're at the midpoint of the season, believe it or not. Uh, last week was week seven, and, you know, uh, basically every team's kind of at the middle. We're getting those bye weeks. Um, what – I asked both of you guys. Jameson first. Uh, he gets host privilege here. Uh, Jameson, what, what's the biggest surprise for you of, uh, of, of the season so far? What's really stood out as something you did not expect? Well, the obvious one, I'll give you two. Just the first one on the OU scale, it has to be firing a coach, like your defensive coordinator in the middle of the season. As a blue blood, that is extremely embarrassing, even in the situation that we're in. Even all the people that were headhunting at the beginning of the season, if you put them down and said, hey, would you put money 
would Mike Stoops get fired in the middle of the season, nobody would have the cojones to do that. Like, nobody would thought that would happen. And then I guess my other uh, thing is, to be honest, is the reemergence of Notre Dame. I really didn't see that coming. I mean, I had them losing in week one to Michigan, which I was really, I was really high on Michigan at the beginning of the season. I kind of like let it go, but they're coming back. So, um, just let it be known. Go listen to that first week and how high I was on Michigan because who knows? They could still make the playoffs now. That is but true. I was real, I'm really surprised with how Notre Dame's playing, even though they had a kind of a weak performance last week versus Pittsburgh. Uh, that Ian Book quarterback, he's, I think he's pretty dang good. And I, I don't, I think Pittsburgh, Gave him a good shot, but I don't think we'll see something close like that for the rest of the season with Notre Dame. I feel pretty confident in them uh, going undefeated, even though that really hurts OU's chances towards the playoffs. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this about the pick game that was so frustrating, is it felt like that was the chance. You only get one chance against kind of a sleeping giant, and that was it. Pitt is not a good team. They got oh, throttled by no. our national champion, UCF. Oh, yes. Um, And it, it kind of felt like an infinity war where – they had, they were this close to having the gauntlet off, and then they screwed it up. So I'm just saying, like that was the chance to knock off Notre Dame. I think there's a bit. Of, I still think they're overrated, but I can't see a team like USC, who is very, very, very garbage, uh, beating them. So yeah, Florida State and Syracuse too. I mean, no, Syracuse maybe. I mean, Syracuse oh. is always kind of a giant killer. They always like to do Dino it. Dino Barbers, man. Dino Babbers, man. He, he always gets his one upset, man. Just, just from his yelling in the in the locker room. I, I'm a big Dino guy. But uh, Blake, what 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 what, uh, what really kind of surprised you guys uh, or you for um, this year so far? Yeah. So my main thing was so at the end of last season, I thought we were finally like, even though Alabama won the national championship, I thought that seeing how well Georgia played against Alabama and then OU played Georgia and then with, like, your traditional Ohio State, Clemson, uh, and maybe even Washington returning so many people, I thought we were really going to start to see that uh, there was going to be, like, one through four this year was probably going to be the deepest playoff that we've ever had, uh, just seeing how everything shook up last year. But after watching this first half of the season – Alabama just looks so much better than everybody else, and I know that's probably not a surprise to many with uh, with how Tua played at the uh, end of, or I guess uh, in the national championship. But they are they're looking like the best college football team that I've, I've ever seen in my entire lifetime. And I know we've uh, we've been talking about Ohio State, uh, like Clemson, Georgia, LSU, uh, Notre Dame. All these uh, undefeated slash, like, one-loss teams are being good, but this Alabama team just looks incredible, like, just out of this world incredible. They have no weaknesses. I'll go and I'm say I'm surprised with them so far. I was really kind of low on, not low, but more of I wasn't buying the high stock of Tua preseason, and he's really, really uh, stunned me with how well he's doing. I knew he was going to be good. I didn't think he was going to be Heisman good, even though all those rankings and uh, odds came out with him. He's one to two odds now for Heisman. And I think that's even a good bet to take that because I don't see any way, shape, or form, even if he has a bad game, of the Heisman committee not giving it to him. Haskins, the other guy, but I... I I'm not big on Haskins. Yeah. I, he hasn't had that – see, Heisman doesn't – we've seen a lot of players who are better not win it and it comes down to statistics. It's more of who's getting the most hype in the news because that influences the voters. 
And Haskins is not getting enough hype, even though he has more touchdowns and yards, but you got to take into account efficiency because two has been getting pulled yeah. at the end of every second quarter. And, and I saw a pretty funny Gooner tweet about this uh, actually today. Someone was like, look at the stats between Kyler and, and, and Tua. They're pretty – Kyler has more rushing yards and they're passing touchdowns and yards pretty much the same. I'm like, dude, Tua, Tua is playing half games. This isn't even comparable. This is, uh, this is pretty rough. I guess if he got his knee hurt – see, he hurt his knee – yeah, the only thing that will stop him is injury. Yeah, and he heard it two weeks ago, then re-heard it this week, but it's just an aggravated sprain, like some really probably not even a grade one sprain. So, I mean, the only hope of not seeing Alabama's dominance continue in him when he highs been, I think, is injury. Yeah, I I get that. I think I think that's pretty fair. Um, Jeez, what's my biggest surprise? I think it has to be with um, – I think it has to be with – that's a that's a that's a bit of a tough one because it's really just it's really kind of Notre Dame and then Alabama being dominant. I think I would say Texas kind of looking legitimate. I don't think they're as legitimate as people say, but I yeah. still oh, kind of thought they would goodness. trip up. God, they looked uh, awful against Baylor. Oh my! It was I. I'm so sick. So just to give you all a little bit of a background, about a fourth of my law school class all went to UT. So I deal with the Texas's back crowd. On a daily basis, they're cocky. They think they're they think there's no way that they lose the Big 12. I have I have to convince them on a daily basis that uh, getting to the college football playoff for them is not a realistic goal. So the Texas and back crowd is in full swing. They're annoying as all get out. Baylor is really not that good of a team. Like they are really they've had quarterback issues the entire year. Their offense they have two good receivers, uh, but they really beyond that their defense is just typical Baylor defense. So Baylor wasn't that good, and TCU is not that good either this year. Played them both close at home, uh, but I think they're just getting kind of the benefit of the doubt because of some of beating OU, plus the fact that ba- uh, Sam Ellinger went down last week, and they were having to put in a Bouchel uh, throwback right there, and then uh, beating TCU while they're ranked, even though we're not really looking like a ranked team anymore. Yeah, it, I, I guess I'll say this is my surprise. I really did not expect OSU to be this bad. Oklahoma State is probably not going to be bowl eligible. I, I thought they wouldn't be good. I didn't think they were going to be, like, coming to the bowl. put them number eight in the Big 12. And looking like it, man. I, I got to say, that that's that was – they're bad. They are, like, legitimately really bad. Um but but Baylor, like I, I I see what you mean. They're they're pedestrian. They're not you know a one win team anymore. They'll probably make a bowl. But yeah, I don't know. Um, it's 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 an, it's going to be an interesting season. It has been an interesting season. So we'll I think I think I think midway through um, I, I I I think everyone can kind of brace for a pretty exciting ending. I, I think there are a lot of teams that can be upset. I think. Clemson's very vulnerable. Um, Especially versus NC State this weekend. Yeah, yeah. NC State, that's going to be a bloodbath. Uh, we we haven't seen much out of them, mainly because their West Virginia game got canceled, which is a huge bummer because that would have been, in retrospect, that would have been an awesome game. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's it's going to be exciting. So And Ohio State's definitely on upset alert in a Big Ten where almost every single game is a good game. Yeah. And uh, their defense has been proven to be – they are having a very similar – circumstance kind of what OU's going on and they just lost their best player top three pick for the season so that's that's done yeah uh, Nick Bosa being gone even though they've had some good pass rush these past couple games I mean 
you would never want to lose a caliber guy like him. So be looking for Ohio State on the upset alert, too. They still got to play Michigan State and Michigan. Yes. So that's that's pretty big. But, uh, yeah, so we that we kind of covered a bit of our you know little midseason thing. I would have put in a midseason MVP, but it's going to be Tua, so duh. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's. Yeah, no, that's that's easy. So we're just gonna dive right into the TCU game then. Um, Jamison, who who is who's your like big player to watch for? Because I think we both kind of agree yeah. on who we're like kind of aiming for. Every single time you post kind of your player to watch on your article, it's it's, it's funny because it's always a wide receiver. And yeah, that's a position that gets a lot of spotlight, but it gets even more spotlight in our defense. Uh, we had a lot of problems with the rush last year, and now we find ourselves having trouble with large wide receivers, which I think is a good thing this um, game because we're going against their two best wide receivers that are smaller, yeah. Jalen Rager and Robert Turpin. I still think those are players that you need to watch because those are studs. They're really, really quick guys. And like you said, Jalen Rager was an OU commit at one time. And can you imagine if he was in that slot oh my instead gosh, of Miles yeah. Tease? That would have been amazing. And Robert Turpin is just a big play threat. He might not get your eight. Touch, I mean, um, eight catches a game, but he might run one off for 75 yards. Yeah. Uh, those are big plays uh, waiting to happen. And with OU's defense, we know we are very susceptible to getting some big plays on us. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get a little bit more into, like, what we think on changes on defense. But, yeah, like like you said, I, I, I think it's going to be Rager who's going to be the guy to watch for. He hasn't been big in his two games against OU. Only three catches for, like, 20 yards, nothing much. Um, but... Just it's just a spooky factor. If he was an OU commit, the second he trans he uh, decommitted and committed to TCU in 2016, I was like, this kid's gonna burn us. I I just kind of think he's gonna gonna I don't know. This this is a type of game where yeah. a wide receiver really steps out against a defense that is frankly reeling. Just from, thank God he's not six six or six four. That's true. That's the, that's the only thing to hang our hat on. Yes. Yeah. What do you, what do you think of those two guys, Blake? Do you think that they're poised for kind of a big game versus us? Oh, yeah, uh, Rager for sure. I think uh, Rager's probably been, besides Josh Doxson, probably the best receiver uh, we've had at TCU in a while. Uh, he just, he can play, like, we play him because we're kind of like, we have a smaller receiving core. We can play him on the outside. We can play him in the slot. He's really just, he's versatile across the field, deep threat. He can really do it all. So he kind of, he's so good that he compensates for how horrible our quarterback play has been this entire season. And so I definitely, with him and then Turpin just being, Turpin ever since my freshman year has been probably, or sophomore year, I guess, when he was a freshman, but has been TCU's favorite player. Everybody loves Turpin on campus because being, he's 5'7", 5'8", 150-ish. So he's about my height, my weight, and just absolutely electric on special teams. Uh, I definitely think those uh, those two players are going to be two key ones to watch this week. Yeah, and I mean, I mean with, as with any Gary Patterson coached uh, team, I feel like the big focus is always on defense. Yep. What's, the, what's the TCU defense kind of shaped up like? Because I've I haven't seen a ton of TCU. I saw them a little against a little bit in that uh, SMU game, and I wasn't able to see them much in Tech. But Brock like, Purdy, a Brock Purdy man. I don't know I, that that. That that Iowa State too. That's all yeah. Um, but anyways, oh no, you, no, I mixed it up. Who's the uh, Texas Tech quarterback's name? Oh, uh, Bowman. Uh, Alan not, Bowman. Not, no, no, no. The no. other stupid name. There's Brock Purdy's a stupid name Bro- for Iowa State, and what's his Texas Tech's quarterback? Uh, you didn't hear his name much because they didn't have much. Is offense. it Duffy? There's... Jet Duffy. Jet Duffy. Yeah. yeah. Was, that, yep. was that who they yeah, had? Jet Duffy was their quarterback. It was Jesus. their third string quarterback. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
So that's that's the big thing. So with with our defense so far, I think our defense has by far been like the star of our season. But that's something that we say each year about uh, Gary Patterson football teams. He he still does all the defensive playing calling. You know that regardless of the talent that we have on that side of the field, we're still going to get some good schemes and some uh, some good stuff out of that. But we really, as y'all are kind of pointing out, we haven't. So we've we've had good defensive numbers since the. Uh, Ohio State game, I think our defense has played pretty outstanding. We uh, we looked probably the best we'll ever look in the next few years against that Ohio State team, even in a loss, that it actually, for a team that I thought was going to go maybe a little bit above 500 this year, that we actually had a chance of competing and going back to the Big 12 championship. So, uh, so our defense was able to do that to Ohio State and kind of keep us in that game. Uh, when everything started to break down in the second half. So I think our defense is legit, but the problem is it's our defense doesn't matter if our offense is go keeps on going three and out and just tires our guys out. Well, I mean, just looking at some of these scores, you haven't hit, you haven't broken 20 in three games. That's yeah. Even, even though like TCU, their offense hasn't been spectacular since Boykin. This is like, this is really low. It, it, it it has been low, but the problem is with uh, TCU, and this has been just a thing, a uh, trend over the past few years, explosiveness. They have issues with people, receivers, and I'm afraid, especially for OU, just because of how athletic y'all are, that, sure, we'll keep y'all, like, we'll keep y'all contained in the run game, and uh, Gary Patterson will be able to come up with good schemes to keep Kyler Murray kind of in check, uh, and stuff over the middle, but... Uh, with like Hollywood Brown and receivers like that, our corners and safeties are just not good enough to keep up with y'all. And y'all are just gonna, if Kyler Murray can just throw the deep ball all day, that's probably gonna be there a third, a fourth of the time easy. And that's what's ultimately been, uh, TCU's defense Achilles heel for the longest time has just been these huge explosive plays. So we haven't really been playing too many explosive teams, even though Tech has some athletes and then Iowa State, not as much, some bigger, more physical receivers, but not explosiveness. But that's why I'm scared about OU especially, is just because y'all have that factor compared to any other team in the Big 12. Yeah, and I feel like if y'all would have beat Tech last week, we could have actually held our head high kind of on TCU, because I feel like there's a lot of pessimism coming from that football team. Yeah, y'all lost to Texas, but y'all beat Iowa State, which ended up going to be actually a pretty good win. Yeah. And even though everyone thought that was ugly, y'all still beat a team who just beat West Virginia last week. And if there's an alternate universe, uh, if, if uh, Sean Robinson doesn't throw two interceptions in the Ohio State game, y'all had that one covered. Yeah. Like, that, like, the whole momentum was on y'all's side, and it didn't look like Ohio State's defense had any kind of answer for TC's offense, which is kind of weird to say right now. So this, I mean, a couple things here and there, I understand that's kind of a fallacy in what I'm saying here, though. But, I mean, it's not like... Y'all have been really, really bad. It's like just a couple things haven't gone y'all away. Yeah, and that's what's kind of been the most frustrating part. But it, in a way, it's it's kind of foreseeable, just heartbreaking in the way in which it's happened with how the Ohio State game uh, and the Tech game turned out. But uh, Sean Robinson just does not look good. And that was something I was a little surprised about. I thought it was going to be kind of – Maybe better, definitely better than early Trayvon Boykin years where you see flashes of this, like, great potential. But then he makes, like, a whole bunch of uh, stupid, just, like, stupid mistakes. But you're like, can you blame him? Like, he's just trying to be a gunslinger right now. But Sean Robinson's looking like Kenny Hill 2.0. And, oh, no. and people have been ran. 
ailing me that I'm uh, this week. The fact that I, I was like, honestly, right now, I would take Kenny Hill. You know what you're going to get out of Kenny Hill. It's the least electric player ever to play college football. Honestly, kind of like a Paul Thompson type. I'm not going to lie. Oh, my he's gosh. Kind of, that's bad. Okay. He's Yikes. just kind of – he's just – and it, it went from also to – it was the fact that when we got Kenny Hill, it was the whole Kenny Trill thing. I thought we were going to have, like, the second coming of Trayvon Boykin. But now – uh, that or now he's a coach for our team. You see him on the sidelines coaching. Yeah, Sean ESPN Robinson, shows might, him a million times a game. Probably, probably the reason why Sean Robinson's playing bad. But uh, he's just—he's. I know, I know. This is his first season starting, but he just looks bad. He's not. He. He's he, just like the mistake. I want him to make the mistakes going like throwing deep balls downfield or doing something like that. But he's just making stupid, stupid like fourth and one mistake uh, like mistakes when we were driving down the field against Tech uh, to try to tie or win the game last week. And he's just. Yep. It, it's yeah. Y'all had so many missed opportunities versus Tech. It was yes. like I. You didn't watch the game, Bobby. But yeah. I did. It was. Honestly, that game could have easily been y'all win by 21. Yeah, and that's what how, that's what. Oh, go ahead, Jameson. Yeah, how many turnovers y'all have in that game? Because I feel like y'all fumbled the ball a lot. Yeah, we fumbled. Sean Robinson, I think, had two interceptions plus about probably two or three fumbles because we had two running backs fumble and then Sean Robinson <laughs> might have fumbled again. We had probably four or five turnovers last game. Jeez. Now uh, to kind of flip the like flip the. Um, script a little bit. What do you see when you when you look at this OU team? I know, I know we've obviously had our issues, but looking at the fr- how you think this OU team's going to match up against them, what what kind of do you see? What what uh what issues really kind of stand out to you? Yeah, so I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but the main thing I think the biggest mismatch is our secondary versus some of y'all more dynamic playmakers That's true. Uh, when it comes That's to true. wide wide receivers that uh, we do a really, it's kind of like TCU's defense. It's a good defense, but it's not meant for the Big 12 in the sense that it's not meant for these super explosive, uh, deep balls or just plays of that sort. So that will keep, will when it comes to running and short pass routes, stuff like that, we get good coverage. But if you, uh, like Hollywood Brown and some of these guys on the outside are just going to run circles around our secondary, I think that's going to be the biggest mismatch. Like, obviously, Kyler Murray uh, being a super athletic quarterback, super accurate, he's going to be an issue for us. We saw last year, uh, and we weren't the only team. Basically, every team in the nation struggled with this, but Baker Mayfield was a huge mismatch just because when you implement that dual th- uh, true dual threat option that can legitimately pass it, it's just it's hard. It's hard to do both to get the coverage downfield, but also keep enough uh, men in the box to make sure that Kyler Murray doesn't get outside and just yeah. run 15 yard gains all over us the entire game. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I kind of think that pretty much wraps up our TCU preview. Uh, this is it's a bit of a weird year. Um, Frogs kind of aren't you know that that level they they have been. It's a bit of a reloading year, um, but. Yeah, no, I, I think it, I think it should be a good football game. Uh, I think I kind of think the defense. What, what, Jameson, how do you think the defense is really kind of going to look? You know, with Mike Stoops, you know, being out, having Ruffin McNeil in. What's what's that big? What's what what do you think that's going to look like? Do you think they're going to come out looking you know refreshed, or do you think it's going to be a bit of uh, bit looking looking a bit lost? There is a bunch of mixed signals that the coaching staff is sending to the media 
over this past week since the the uh, change. We kind of thought that Ruffin would, as the defensive coordinator, would be a really good on the field guy and be different than a man in the press box. But then they said, yeah, no, Ruffin, you're going up to the press box, and we're putting Diaco on the field. So that kind of doesn't really make too much sense if Diaco is your kind of mastermind behind the scenes and Ruffin's your kind of player friendly guy on the sidelines. So that that concerns me. And then there's whole, hey, I worked with this defense. And I had a part in it, and we're not going to do a complete overhaul new thing. It's going to be a lot of the same stuff. But then you also hear we're switching to a four-man front instead of a three. Reports are that allegedly we're changing a lot of our – not a lot, but like a decent amount of our starters. We're putting Perkins in as a starter in that four-man front. And we are getting Ryan Jones as that third linebacker. And then we benched Motley for Trey Brown. And then we benched Houghton for Barnes. And then Buki will play nickel instead of Broyles from now on, and Parker will come in for safety whenever they're playing a nickel. So that's a good sign because I know we've touched on this, Bobby. Uh, Buki just looks so out of position and just so, yeah. Yeah, it's very rough. It's very rough. Because I, I, and I, I don't know if just moving him to a, you know, moving him to a more than nickel is really the move. That, in time will tell. I think he needs to be playing corner. I, I don't. I don't care who you have out there, but if you if you have a stud five star guy like Buki, you, you put him you put him up there, and I don't know. I guess I guess we'll really kind of see how that um how it shakes that that move shakes out. But I think it's a bit of a half measure. We kind of covered that last week, but um to all the people that think that there's going to be some complete, I understand that not a lot of people think that, but some do think that there's going to be some kind of spark, like Lincoln Riley put it. Uh, I expect the same problems for the rest of the year. It might even get worse because now we just have kind of havoc on our defense where we're trying to scramble in the middle of the season. And uh, it's obvious that our players can't tackle and we can't coach them to tackle. So that's also going to be a huge um, thing. And uh, maybe, just maybe, they'll want to play defense more now because with that Buki tweet that came out and he deleted after 30 minutes, it's a lot different when you're playing for someone that you like. Yeah. As that paraphrased. Um, it's going to be big because whenever you have a defense that's not bought in, it's really easy to kind of be complacent and just kind of fill your holes and just kind of just go through the motions. But the people that do really well on defense, the ones that aren't the physical freaks are the ones that try harder than everyone else. And we just need a couple more tryhards on the defense because it doesn't look like we have anyone except for Kenneth Murray. Like, he does that. Yeah, we do kind of struggle with the kind of effort guys, but I don't know. It'll be interesting. Um well, Blake, uh, I think it's time to dive into our our favorite kind of weekly uh, article in the Schooner blog. Kind of our favorite thing to talk about. We're just going to dive right into some of the picks. Okay. Yeah, if, if you're cool. Oh, awesome. I, I, yeah. Yeah, Let's we'll, do uh, it. Get, we'll get to some uh, crew and quarter at the end of this so we can kind of let, let Blake go do some lost stuff. But, uh, yeah, let's dive into the picks. Um, first up, we got uh, number six, Michigan, is a seven-point favorite at Michigan State. Um Personally, I don't know. This is a this is kind of a bit of a hill I'm gonna die on. I I'm, I feel like I feel like this this is the case with Notre Dame as well. I think Michigan's overrated. Um, I'm going I'm going with Michigan State to cover. Don't think I don't I don't know if they're gonna win or not. I think seven points is a, is close enough. I think it's gonna be a nail biter of a game. Michigan State doesn't look great. Lost to Arizona State. Um, they I just beat Penn State. They did beat Penn State, so they're looking up. But I'm not big on – I just – I don't think I'm a Big Ten guy. I'm not big on anything yeah, there. Yeah, that's so, fair. Yeah, I'm going Michigan. 
So with me, I'm picking Michigan State to cover. I'm not necessarily picking them to win just for this fact that they just pulled up a huge upset last week, and then they're coming home to play. And I think that's huge for momentum. And it's a rivalry game. You just made a big upset. Your team is finally getting your traction. Whenever a lot of people thought they were going to be a pretty good team this season. Let's not forget, this team's got some talent. I'm pretty, I think the running back's LJ Scott. Um, I think he's still there. Blake, do you know? Uh, no idea, to be honest. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pretty sure LJ Scott's still there, and he's a really good running back. Michigan State has a history of having good running backs. And uh, even though I was really high on Michigan at the beginning of the season, uh, give me Michigan State in a clo- uh, close one, losing by about three or four here. Um, if Michigan ends up destroying them, it's going to be a nice little cookie for me because uh, they will continue to do well and hopefully upset Ohio State. Yeah, Blake, what do you have? So this 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 game was the one game I was like, I know I have to pick it, but I I just want to stay so far away from it. So Michigan State, first off, I know they had the big win last week, but also they looked at home against Northwestern just so bad, and this Northwestern team is just not explosive whatsoever. So I have. And they beat Nebraska. They did beat Nebraska. Oh, it was an goodness. electric overtime game where Nebraska <laughs> just snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. So you you have this like weird Michigan State team that just can't seem to play consistently. And then on the flip side of the coin, you have Jim Harbaugh, who just for some reason can't beat Michigan's rivals. That he's had mediocre seasons ever since he's been there. But the main losses that he's losing, like people that he's losing to is Michigan State and Ohio State every single year. And so I just think that's too big of a factor that Jim Harbaugh knows that he can't. He's going to start feeling the heat if he has another kind of average season and never beats the rivals. So I, I got to take Michigan minus seven in this one. I think just seeing how they played Wisconsin last week, I know Wisconsin's not that good either. Just Big, big Ten football, just honestly, it's such trash this year. Uh, Ohio State's really not that good either, but... Uh, I guess I'll just take Michigan minus seven in this. They looked pretty impressive against Wisconsin uh, last week and have been a little bit more consistent uh, for my liking. And the fact I know that I know Book or uh, Book wasn't playing when uh, Michigan played Notre Dame, but they still played Notre Dame pretty close at the beginning of the season. So I think this Michigan team is not going to win the Big Ten, but I think they're going to be competitive and uh, I'll take them by a touchdown at least. Okay, okay, that's, I think that's pretty fair. Um, next up, this is, uh, don't know if this is going to be a close one, but after last week, we don't know. Uh, number one, Alabama travels to uh, Knoxville. Uh, they're favored by 28 and a half. That's hefty spread, a very hefty spread. Jameson, what do you think? Why, why would you have to put an Alabama line into this? this Alabama have you still- seen, have you, first of all, we only have two Big 12 games this, this week. So <laughs> that cuts my my stuff down a bit. Let, not only that, but man, this is just kind of a rough week. So we got got to got to go got got to go with Bama in Tennessee just because it's interesting. And Tennessee, okay, first of all, Tennessee just beat Auburn. Good for them. That surprised me. But Alabama is so dang hard to pick on these on these spreads because you have no idea when they're going to pull their starters. Uh, I. I'm kind of getting rolled with this one. Kind of, it's going to be similar to that Arkansas game where they gave up 24 points and Nick Saban treated it as a loss. Uh, I think 
Tua having a little bit of a knee injury, even though he'll be good to play, that'll make them more reluctant to play him late into the game, which leads to more backdoor cover-esque kind of, uh, kind of a game. And I just don't think Jalen Hurts is, <laughs> every time he's gone in, he just kind of thrown for his basic little eight yards and barely even done anything. He caught a pass last game, so good for him. Yeah. But, uh, at Knoxville, Tennessee just beat Auburn. I just think backdoor cover with this, I really don't have too much to say about it. It's just kind of a hard game to pick. Yeah, it's just one of those games I threw in. I, I really do think, I don't, I don't know if Tennessee is really great or at all. I saw a fantastic, uh, just, I, whatever the Tennessee version of a gooner is, it was one of them. Uh, he laid out his plan for how Tennessee was going to get into the, uh, uh, college football playoff. <laughs> he, it was, I, it was absolutely fantastic. I think I, let me just pull it up and, and read it a little bit, just cause it's, it's that good. How many losses do they have again? Three or two? <laughs> they have, two. no wait, no, they have three. They have, he said, guys, I've been watching this board for years <laughs> and haven't posted or registered until now. He joined the board to post. <laughs> Shout out to Volman365. I'm going to tell you that I think we're going to shock the world this weekend. I think we run the table, which gets us an outside shot to feed the CFP conversation. CJP, I, I guess a player, has us rolling, and this train will be hard to stop. Auburn has NFL talent all over the field, and we obliterated them. Go balls and beat Bama. So, how does that not sell you if you don't pick Tennessee after that? I, I mean. Dude, Ballman365 is absolutely, uh, I mean, he's the only source I listen to with college football. I'm going, to, I'm going Tennessee to cover. I don't have him winning by any means, but it's, this is going to be a classic Bama backdoor. Uh, we, we kind of got Bama backdoored in that, uh, A&M game. I think we get Bama backdoored again. So, um, yeah, Blake, what do you think? Jeez, y'all, y'all have basically stolen all my analysis. You like, Okay, so the biggest the biggest story on Bama this year, and it's something I've been watching more from the gambling side of things, but Vegas doesn't – Vegas is purposely inflating these lines because they know the public is going to be rolling in on Vegas, uh, on uh, Bama each week. People see, like all of us have said uh, on this podcast, that Bama is really rolling right now, and they're, they're – if they end up going undefeated and winning the national championship this year, this is an all-time special team. So people are viewing uh, just the average everyday better is looking at that, and they're going to see 28-and-a-half and immediately just be loaded money on Bama. So I'm with y'all as well. I think the balls, uh, the balls backdoor cover uh, is where to go. I've been profitable, I believe, on two. I got – I think I got the A and M one, and then I got the uh, and then I got uh, the Arkansas one as well. Uh, Bama just when they pull their starters, uh, they can weird things can happen, uh, and they can seep in, especially at twenty eight and a half. That that half point could be the key difference, where just a weird last second touchdown gets them within twenty eight, and you end up winning that bet. And yeah. I honestly, and I would, I wouldn't be surprised if you went on Friday and Saturday and saw this line even higher. The public is just rolling on Bama right now, so Vegas is gonna, Vegas is gonna adjust the lines as they like see more bets come in. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I mean, obviously all of us agree. If you kind of look at the trends on at least recently, we've all been like a like a three man tandem bike on on some of these big picks where I'll just ride together. It's hilarious. Anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not that much differential between our record. It's pretty funny. Um, which, by the way, I squeaked out 
I'm I'm ahead. I'm ahead now. So yeah, I'm still at the bottom. You yeah, tell me. Okay. Hey, my, <laughs> I I knew I was probably floating. Considering these last two weeks have absolutely killed me. I've had, some, good, I've had some incredible picks, but then I've also had some ones that have fallen flat. AKA I don't I haven't checked the schedule yet. But if K, you know what you know what's happening once K State is on that uh, slate again. K-State's just coming up to mess everything up. I love it. Well, like, you and I really have that same kind of dilemma with K-State. I'm just, I don't, I'm glad that they're not playing this week, so I have to go and say it again. I, I don't care who they play next week. I don't care what the line is. I ain't picking K-State. No. Mm-mm. I, I kind of think I need, to start feeling, I, I need to start feeling like that against OSU. Because OSU just, OSU always lets me down every time I pick them. Or even if I pick against them, uh, OSU is my case. The whole damn Big Twelve has been disappointing it's a, me on this. It's a disaster. I the only the only take I've successfully squatted on was the fact that West Virginia is kind of trash, and that was shown last week. Iowa State, thank God. But yeah, I it, up on that one. I just, yeah. I, this K State team is just the most perplexing thing in the world. They are they they are the worst team to watch. They just are so boring, no explosiveness whatsoever. I don't think Bill Snyder is that good of a coach at all. He's just he will lead you to a nice like eight or nine win season each year, and people just like bow down at his feet in Manhattan. And I just don't understand why they're really oh, not that good. They almost demoted them. They almost demoted Kansas State to like D two. They're about to start playing with Wichita State in the 80s before he showed up. Wichita State doesn't even have a football team I anymore. Know, but people, people need to stop, like, work, like just because somebody does something good, like, back way back in the day. This is how John Gruden got an NFL coaching job. Is people a 10-year like, contract. The whack, the whack revisionist history that people have and just, like, convince themselves that these coaches are good, when in reality, they've just kind of, like, lost their touch. Yeah, it's, it, it's ridiculous. Anyways, moving on, more football. Uh, God, Colorado, you let me down. You were my, you were my favorite, you were my favorite boy last week against, against USC. I loaded up on you. And you blew it. And now you're playing out Washington number 15. Washington is favored by 16 and a half. I, I don't know. Blake, what do you have to say on this one? I gotta go. I gotta go Washington. I, I feel burned. I, I ended up actually winning money off of that because I took, I saw Colorado, I believe it was like plus, two or three at halftime, and I was just like, I have to take this. I know they're not going to play any worse than they did. Ended up getting a scraping out of that one, but this this Washington team really frustrates me because I see I, they have so much talent. They really do. They have they have NFL talent, both on the offensive and defense, uh, defensive side of the ball, and in a Pac-12 that is just uh, the war, one of the worst Power 5 conferences we've seen in a long, long time that there's really no good teams that are coming out uh, coming out of that conference that Washington should have been able to run the tables easily. And I just think, like, even though they lost last week, I just think this this team is way more talented than any team in that conference. So I'll take I'll take Washington all day. I don't think this Colorado team, their schedule before USC or even with USC was super weak. So uh, I'm just not I'm just not a believer of them. Jason. Yeah, uh, I kind of am going with Colorado. This one's hard hard for me. I'm going with Colorado, though, because I know y'all got burnt on them last week, and I knew you wouldn't pick them out of grudge. <laughs> and yeah. I kind of want to be a little bit different because I need to make some ground. So this is kind of a strategic pick for me. Uh, I'm picking Colorado. Um, I really do think this line's a coin flip. If Washington turns it on and plays like they're supposed to, they will easily cover. But when have they done that this year? 
so I uh, I can't roll with that if I have no history there. Colorado was an undefeated team, let's like before this, so let's not forget about that. Like they were, they were actually very kind of becoming highly regarded in this week Pac-12. And I mean, I watched the game versus USC, and even though they lost, they still had some bright spots that I can see where they can get hold it within sixteen and a half. I mean. Yeah, you you can look at me like that, Bobby. But if you if you take away all the like, how do I put this? If you take away the the poorly played game, I hadn't seen uh, Colorado before this, and I could see where they can be competitive with big teams. I, like, they have talent there. They do have talent. I think I think they ran into a couple injuries and stuff. But man, I'm just so mad at them. I'm so mad after after giving Ford that much crap about how USC was going to get blown out. I, I feel burnt. And even though you gave a very rational argument for why anyone should pick uh, should should pick Colorado to at least to cover, I'm mad. I'm just going to go with Washington. I yeah. think I think I think they're morally broken, mentally broken. Probably morally too. I don't know. I, knew I, this I, was I, I hate everything. I know you did. This is a great. This is a great strategy on your part in, in terms of uh, in terms of trying to climb your way back. But you know what? I'm going to take that thing. I'm going to eat the trash. I'm going to eat I, the trash harder than Peter King ever did. Trash man. Trash man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can somebody? Okay. This is this is another question I have about Washington. Y'all can probably explain this. I feel like the storyline of Washington every year is how they're always returning all their starters it's been for the past decade i swear every year preseason they're like washington returning all starters on defense i'm like how is this possible like people have to graduate at some point like well, i feel turpin like they graduated what turpin like never graduates apparently like he's, yes but it's it's getting like i understand turpin but like jake browning i swear has been the quarterback there for at least a decade or a decade and a half yeah, pretty much. It's Washington's weird. I, I don't know. They, they just kind of linger on in the north ever since Peterson's got there. But I don't know. I'm going to I'm going Washington. Um, next up, we got them Tiger Boys down the Bayou. Old Mississippi State number twenty two here heading to Louisiana down to Baton Rouge. They got a six point favorite down them Tiger Boys. That was a terrible uh, Bayou accent, but eh, yeah, they got the point. Anyways, so LSU coming off that huge win against Georgia. Only six and a half point favorites. This looks like a classic trap game, uh, probably to just load up on LSU. However, I, I don't know. Uh, you got the Bama game coming up soon. I I kind of feel like Mississippi State could come in, make this a close game, maybe even take the damn thing. I'm I'm going with the Bulldogs. I kind of like LSU because they're at home. They've shown to be really good at home this season. And how about me and Bobby picking LSU straight up for this week? A little bit because we wanted to see it happen with OU's playoff chances, but another we actually kind of thought it. So just give us a slight slap on the I mean slap, <laughs> like pat pat on the back there. Uh, I I like whenever every single time I know this is not the best way to look at things as a better, but whenever I see six and a half and lines like that, it just really really makes me want to pick it even more. And with LSU, if there's a chance that there could be just a really boring low scoring game, and that makes me a little scared, but. Give it. I I'm only doing it because I can see it as a trap game. But they've been so good at home. I gotta roll with LSU here. Oh, this one. This one's the hardest one for me because I try to convince myself now that I've become a more evolved better. That when I see lines like these, I know that Vegas has something, and I don't take the trap. The trap bet, which is LSU, that 
you, everybody thinks that LSU, after last week especially, is just so good that there's no way this line could be that low, and I just have to take it. I have not, I have not graduated from those antics just yet. I just, oh, the, how, watching, just watching LSU be good is, like, one of the best things ever. Uh, not, maybe not in the past, but with Coach O, it's just, it's one of the most wildly entertaining things that I just, like, can't pick against it. So, I know I'm gonna lose this bet. I know, like, I just know it, because I feel like Vegas knows what's up. It's kind of, as y'all have mentioned, a trap game. It's gonna be a, kind of a little bit of an emotional letdown, and I feel like Coach O's bread and butter is getting the, his players fired up for when they're underdogs, and I think LSU works better in that role, but... Uh, I just, I gotta roll with the Tigers on this one. Mike the Tiger is slowly becoming my favorite mascot, so. Yeah, do you, I, I, I know I've sent it to you, but Jameson, have you seen the, uh, weekly, uh, uh Mike the Tigers? Well, well, it's, it's Mike the Tiger and they, like, make a little mascot out of his, I guess, food. <laughs> no? Yeah, no, it's <laughs> yes. great. I need, to, I need to start sending it to you, too, because it's, it's Mike the Tiger laying by, like, like the Georgia Bulldog, like, logo, like, a logo of the bulldog, and he was like eating it. He's like, "That's really them, creepy. them, them dog boys." Ate, you know, look like some good old tiger bait. It's it's really I, funny. And another reason I'm picking LSU here is that I want them to continue to win because by the, the chance that OU doesn't make the playoffs, uh, I kind of want to have a rematch of 2003 Sugar Bowl. Yeah, little Jameson wants his revenge on all those assholes. Don't I, you? I want to see LSU versus us in a Sugar Bowl, like. That it just sounds so wild from all the stories from 2003. Yeah, it it, it does sound wild for sure. Well, next up we got a uh, uh, number 12 Oregon at Washington State. Oregon's the one point favorite. College game day is finally coming to their uh, Washington State Cite. Um, this this is I I think this is a game. I mean, come on. I I think I think Oregon's definitely the better team. They're they're just gonna win. I don't know. I don't think this is. I don't think Washington State's good enough to upset them. I know I'm just. I know this is going to be on freezing cold takes, and I know Tyler's probably going to pull it up whenever they do lose. I got. I got Oregon now. I think. That, I think uh, minus one is just an easy, easy move. What do you think, Jameson? Yeah, uh, I haven't really paid attention at all to Washington State this year. I've kind of forgot about them, and they're really. Is, I, and now they're ranked all of a sudden. I don't know how much of that was them determining they're going to be on game day because <laughs> they're 25, right? Yeah, it's the fifteenth uh, anniversary of their uh, their flag showing up on game day. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I I don't have anything to say about Washington State, and I've continued to like Oregon ever since I watched that Stanford game. Even though they lost, I lo- I really love what they have in Justin Herbert. I think this is now a turnaround for Oregon's program, where they'll start finally start getting their traction back, to where they're getting closer and closer to those ages where they're a good top ten team every year. And they're always going to recruit well. Oregon always finds a way to really get high-end guys. If they can get everything put together, they're going to turn into a good team. I I like Herbert here, even though it's at Washington State and Oregon. Yeah. J- uh, Blake, what do you think? Oh, I'm going storyline all the way. I think I think Washington State has it in the back. Wait, uh, Washington State lost to USC, right? Uh, Yeah, it was uh, the game that got uh, you know, the third-party official game. Where everyone's like, oh, this is a little messed up. Uh, yeah. Typical, does, US, still, typical USC to be a bunch of cheaters, huh? I, you're telling me, but I'm still going, ooh, I'm still going Washington State. I, 
I love Mike Leach, and I just think he'll have him. I think with the the flag thing, even though I don't, I, I know people hype that up. I don't hype it up as much, but I just think with that first time being college game day, college game day is really a cool experience when your school hasn't had it in a while. I I got to experience it at TCU my senior year when uh, we got it for I think the first time since like the Andy Dalton days, and uh, and especially for maybe not like smaller schools but just schools that are not in the national spotlight it's a it's such a fun experience and there's just a more energy surrounding that game and it just i think gives them a little bit more of an edge so i just gotta i gotta pick washington state under the uh i think it's a it's probably under the lights right or other yeah that game? i think it's i think it's a night game i think it's a night game uh, so I, I just got, I got to take them in this position. This is the biggest, this is probably, even though they probably had bigger games, this is one of the biggest games they've had in a while. Yeah, no, it, it really, it really kind of is, but yeah, no, it, this is, this is going to be like the Washington State Super Bowl. It'll be huge. Yeah, 630 yeah. game. 630 game under the lights. It'll be big in Pullman, so. Anyways, I never know with um, these jank conference scheduling on how they choose which games go where. I, it makes no sense to me, so I always got to check. Yeah, it's hard to tell with the Pac-12. Okay, so here's probably the biggest game of the week. Uh, number 16, NC State at number three, Clemson. Clemson is a 16-point favorite. Uh, Lake, what do you have here? So I I can kind of predict where y'all are going with this. I know y'all hinted at it. And so that's why I think I've just got to go with Clemson. I know that uh, in this NC State team, I haven't watched them at all, but I've heard they're good. But I just, like, I... This game, to me, feels like one of those games that people think they're getting really tricky with their bets and think they're like, oh, like, uh, they think uh, they think that NC State is that team that's going to, like, upset Clemson or something random like that. And I think there's valid points to it. But also, at the same time, I've gotten burned in so many games where it's like, ooh, I think I've picked, like, the trendy, like, upstart team that can upset the Goliath, and the Goliath slays them every single time. So I just got to – I just got to go with – the powerhouse at home. Uh, I think they're trying to shake off some of the controversy after the whole uh, Kelly Bryant and Trevor Lawrence thing at the beginning of the season that now that that's kind of out of the way, they're going to start getting in the groove. This Clemson team's really good. I think, I think they're easily one of the top four teams. I know they struggled uh, in a few games, but uh, I know Dabo always has them prepared and I'm just going to, I'm going to have to take the points. Yeah. Jameson, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, NC State's undefeated, but they have not really been stellar in their undefeated matches. They only beat Marshall by 17, beat Boston College by 5, Virginia by 14. Uh, Struggled with Jim Madison. By 11. So they've kind of just stumbled their way into an undefeated season. I understand they've got some players and they've got some legit hype there, but Clemson at home, I was pretty dang big on Clemson in the preseason. And there's been some kind of fallback with it. And I think they're upset prone, but I think they're more upset prone to a game where there's not as much hype. And I feel like a lot of people who don't pay that very close attention are going to see, oh, NC State undefeated. They must be pretty good. Oh, it's definitely time for a Clemson upset. Uh, I'm not buying that. I think Clemson wins this game by more than 16. Yeah, this is another eat the trash game. And I think I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm a fucking raccoon. Oops. Dropped an F-bomb there. I'll bleep that. Um, I'm a raccoon on this one. Uh, I'm a total raccoon. I'm all in this trash, man. I know I know what NC State is basically just, basically just Colorado from last week. But you know what? 
I, I don't know. I just have a real feeling. I have a weird feeling they're going to cover. It's probably going to be backdoor. This game's not going to be close by any means. 16 points just seems like way too much. I got NC State just backdoor covering right into this one, getting that win. I, I don't, I'm not super confident in it, but yeah, no, for the purpose of, the, of this, I'm going NC State. Why not? I um, thought. Go ahead. I thought for sure, Bobby, you were going to go kind of put some money on the money line right there. I feel like you've been lately just kind of sprinkling in some money line, uh, some money line action lately. Oh, yeah, no, like, I'll, I'll I, I, uh, it's funny because sometimes I'll bet complete, like, not completely against, but I'll, I'll sprinkle in more money line, like, in my actual, like, uh, when I actually put money in on insert website here. Um, I, yeah, I, I just, uh, I actually, that's kind of what, what I got. I had a big weekend last week because I picked money line on uh, LSU, picked money line on on several big games, and it's it's it. The money line is 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 uh, something I do love. I will also say I randomly threw in five bucks on Thunder money line tonight against the Warriors. So in the morning when you get the in the morning when you get this uh, podcast, either I'm going to look like an absolute genius or a total moron. Um, oh, no. But yeah, no, I I'm eating the trash here. I'm eating the trash on NC State. So. Anyways, uh, into the illustrious Big 12 schedule for this week. Uh, other than OUTC, we got Kansas at Texas Tech. Tech is a 28.5 point favorite in Lubbock. Oh boy. Uh, Jameson, what do you have to say about um, your former Jayhawks? Yeah, uh, to be completely honest with you here, what's the money line on? What's the money line? How much? Twenty-eight and a half point money line. How much would? How much would? How much would you do? How much would you get for twenty-eight and a half? I don't even think that would be an option. Yes, I, like I don't, I don't even know. think it would register. Like you would have to actually go to a casino and yeah, they, get them to yeah. like make it. Like Bovada would not give you that. I don't know. I'm just kind of joking here. I think actually Kansas will keep it close with Texas Tech. I don't think they'll win. I think they'll probably lose by ten. I'm just not buying it on Texas Tech, especially uh, their quarterback play. Uh, what is it? Is it Jet Duffy? Is yeah, it, I think it's Jet Duffy. Jet I don't think Duffy, okay, back. yeah. So Jet Duffy, uh, I, last last week for Shaw Blake, I just was not really, uh, sur- not surprised. I was really not enthusiastic by the way that Texas Tech was playing, and TCU just decided to just hand it to them. Like I said earlier in this podcast, I think that t- TCU could have easily won that that game by 21. They kind of just beat themselves. Uh, yeah, if y'all want the deepest of deep super dogs, give me Kansas in this game, but I'm not going to actually put my money where my mouth is on this. Yeah, you, you know, I, I'm i kind of big on Kansas. I think it'll probably be more of a backdoor. It's going to be a blowout, but I, I can see Kansas keep it, like, scrapping and keeping it close. This is this is not an awful Kansas team. I mean, the, the, the run they had at the beginning of the year was indicative that they aren't exactly a pushover anymore. They're not... They're not a D two team in in the Big Twelve at all, but they're they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose probably big, but twenty eight and a half. I don't know. I I I see CKU keeping it close. What do you think, Blake? I I'm I'm going with Bobby as well. Or wait, all yes. of us. What? Yes, I yeah, think we're, we're all riding I, on the Jayhawks. I for a second I was like, whoa, like this is the first time this has ever ever happened, but. 
I this I'm kind of with Jameson when he said this Texas Tech team without Bowman it just does not look good, especially that offense and TCU really didn't exploit just all the horrible things on defense and not that I'm saying Kansas is going to exploit anything on on their defense but for some reason after that West Virginia game it's like. I started to realize Kansas is somewhat for real, that the Kansas turnover effect is not really a thing, and they can actually, like, somewhat play, so I guess I just gotta go with Kansas on this one. I know what, I know we're gonna regret this one. I know that for some, Kansas is just gonna return back to usual form and just be the whipping boy at the Big 12, but maybe they keep it close this week. I think the under would be a good pick on this game. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that, because I, I think, you're starting to see a trend of more sloppy Big 12 football where it's more of a bit of a defensive battle, and Tech definitely was a bastion of that on, on uh, Thursday. But and, and Kansas obviously isn't an offensive powerhouse by any means, just fired. Uh, who is it, Meacham? Doug Meacham? Wait, or, yeah, they, yeah, it's me, yeah, it's Meacham. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the TCU guys. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I feel like we're, we're going to get – It'll be like that uh, Baylor Kansas State game that we all wrote or we all wrote on, and they covered by like a half a point. I, I, we just have bad we have bad luck with 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 stuff like this. So, anyways, game of the week for well for us, uh, OU at TCU. Um, Blake, you're the guest and uh, the frog of honor, I guess here. So, give us your take. What do you think? Who this is? I I have been I have been weighing which side I should fall on because you know my head's saying one thing, my heart's saying another. But maybe on the off chance, uh, the Crowley curse has been in full effect still. Let's not. I haven't been betting on OU as much as I did last year, but the Crowley curse is still strong. So give me OU minus seven. I will I will take that bet all day. I will load the farm. I will sell my apartment and put it on OU minus seven because. I just don't think there's any way that this TCU team wins. The Sean Robinson is just playing like an absolute trash quarterback right now. Kenny Hill 2.0. I just can't. Like, there's no there's no way that TCU wins this game. So, I have to put it OU minus 7. Y'all, I know y'all's defense is not good. But as we saw last week, Tech's defense is, I think, just as bad as OU's defense. Uh, and TCU wasn't able to exploit that at all. I just don't think, I think something's up with Sean Robinson. I think it's just the Kenny Hill coaching effect that he is, he has got his garbage rubbed on our program now, and we're probably going to be cursed for the next decades to come because of how horrible Kenny Hill was as a follow-up to Trayvon Boykin. So give me OU minus seven. I won't say that it's cursed because I think I'm going to win a lot of money this weekend, but... Is, is this is this just like your FAU pick where you're like, oh, it would be a shame to see OU like trip up against Lane Kiffin. This would be just the worst. Uh, it definitely of. is. It definitely it's, is. Like, no, it's like y'all are significantly better. There's like no. There's I think there. I thought it was ridiculous that OU came in as just minus seven. I thought at least put it at fourteen, seventeen, somewhere. We need double digits on this. I think this TCU team is that bad. So I don't think there's any way this like stays close. I don't think TCU could ever win this game. Uh, OU I think is still gonna win the Big Twelve. So there's no way. There's just no way. Well, we'll see. Should I double curse it? Oh no! Oh, dirty, dirty lock. lock. The week's coming. No! Back. <laughs> yes. 
I know you what I know you picked I know you picked it in preseason, but don't you dare. Dirty's luck of the week is coming back. In preseason I, I was alluding to I, I didn't know if I was gonna pick TCU or Texas and then I kinda rolled with TCU uh to beat us. Uh now that Texas beat us, uh uh-uh, uh, no chance. OU's coming out and they're gonna win by twenty one and I'm locking it. Dirty lock. Jesus. You guys, I am sweating over here. Because you know what? I, I, it's time for, time for uh, Bobby's story time. A couple of weeks ago, uh, uh, Blake and I's mutual buddy, old Jake Agajanian, sent me a Snapchat. He's like, hey, Bobby. Hey, Bobby, let's, let's put some money on the TCU game. How about a, how about a bill? So we, we came up with a money line, and it was, or a line. It was exactly seven at the time. And it, we, it turned out we nailed that. So, and uh, I got a hundred bucks on the Sooners, even though the rule is <laughs> never put money on OU. They will always disappoint you and break your heart, even if they win. So, unfortunately, like I, I'm, I'm kind of tied to this. I'm married to it. Uh, this is, or oh, this is, I this. It's either gonna be all the curses somehow negate each other, or it's a super curse. Hoping they negate with if I dirties locked it and then Blake's betting on it. I thought that was gonna counteract, and Bobby just came in with just the ring dinger here. That's the problem. I just know Bobby's not gonna live if Bobby. You're not gonna live if you lose this. A hundred bucks plus just owe you losing and knowing that's the season. Like that's it. It's it's covering. We have to cover too. Oh shit, Bobby! <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not broke. I could pay a hundred bucks. Like I know that, but still. <laughs> to be uh, okay, it, it, to be fair, it actually could have been worse because I was I was uh, intoxicated at the time we made it. It was like, how about four bills? I was like, yeah, let's do four bills. So this was when we were undefeated, and he's like, no, 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 no. no. He, he actually backed up. He's like, no, 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 we're friends. We need a friendly bet. Let's just do one bill. So I'm like, all right, Jake, let's go. I, I just imagine Bobby going like, the pilot. I'm putting the pilot in. <laughs> I was inches away from from putting putting my pilot and everything I owned on I owe you that it was it was bad. But I don't know. I I got you. I got you minus seven. I think the defense is going to look at least inspired. I think they're actually going to stop people in the red zone. Thankfully, I think TC. The thing is, TCU's offense just. It's just not enough to scare me. Even with that, as bad as the defense is, this is a perfect tune-up game. I think a lot of people are going to overreact big time when OU's defense shows up against a, a just a, frankly just really not good defense or a good offense in TCU. So I think I think OU rolls big, um, mainly for the sake of my wallet. But yeah, no, we're we're this is definitely we're going to lose all three of these. So definitely don't put any money on this, everyone who's listening. But yeah, so put the money on it. Put, put oh, the money. You gotta put the money. There's so many locks on this thing. We oh. have who more locks than prisoner shackles. Am I right? <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Oh man. Well, uh, that's all we have for the picks. Uh, Blake, thank you so much. As all, or, as always, this is your first time. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, really appreciate it. We, oh, we might uh, might slip, find a way to slip you back on in the future. This was fun. Thank y'all, thank y'all. I had a great time, and go Frogs this weekend, or maybe go Sooners. Just, uh, I can still. No, 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 don't, don't you put that evil on me, Blake. <laughs> just maybe just maybe a little bit of Boomer Sooner, but... Uh, no, 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 please don't, please don't. Just, I, I, I'm already... I remember, like, like uh, in 2014, when we were... when we uh, The first time I went down to TCU, because we, I've gone a million times, but... 
you have the first time you're like, yeah, I don't. Everyone was really upset when Boykin ran out with the flag, and we really think this guy's garbage. And oh, I, 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 I knew the second he started down talking those frogs that this game was over. So yeah, that was uh, talk about a very, very, very cold take by me. Uh, saying that Foster Sawyer, Sawyer should have started that year instead of oh. Trayvon Boykin. I have, I have never been wrong about something more in my life. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was a rough one. But anyways, well, I'll make sure to, uh, head down to the pub and drink a salty lady for you, bud, so. Oh, I wish I could be in Fort Worth this weekend. We got finals Monday, so. Yeah, I know. Well, uh, we'll, we'll I'll have my boys, well, I'm taking my boys down to pub, and we'll meet up with, uh, you know, all, all the good old Fort Worth homies. I'm sure you're listening. Hopefully you are. Um, we'll head, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, have, we'll, have, we'll have some pictures at pub for you, so. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Hey, uh, hit them books, all right, buddy? Okay. Have a good week, y'all. All right. See you. Bye. That was Blake Crowley, uh, TC Footbox Extraordinaire. Jameson didn't say goodbye. Oh, yeah. If I got, I just saw an article that came up on uh, Jalen Redmond status, and I wanted to look more into it because that's another thing for our defense. Jalen Redmond is a big-time recruit out of Oklahoma. Uh, he had blood clot issues, and uh, he was just cleared to play. But whenever you come from clotting issues, it's depending on what it is, they didn't really release what kind of clot or anything. But... Uh, it's it's gonna set you back, but um, they're saying he's still continuing to work out. Hopefully, some point in time we can have him part of it. But great kid, great young man. Okay, so pretty much what they're saying is all the hype that everyone's saying. Oh, great, we have another defensive lineman. Yeah, he probably ain't gonna play for another two to three weeks. He's yeah. cleared, but he's probably not in shape. So, so just pump the brakes. I I know I probably need to pump the brakes. So I was pretty excited about it. But anyway, so uh, before we go, we gotta gotta hit up. Gotta hit up Dirty's Fruit and Current Corner. Mm-hmm. So, Jameson, give us what we need to know about our recruits this week, all right? So, I'm really worried with how our defensive recruiting is impacted with Mike Stoops firing. Mike Stoops really wasn't a guy who went out on the road too much and recruited guys. So, there's not a lot of the current recruits that we have committed that have a really, really big relationship with Mike. The only person that really had a really big time relationship with Mike when it came down to recruiting was Caleb Kelly, and that's he. That's been said that Caleb Kelly came to OU for Mike Stoops, so that's kind of crazy to think about. So I think we're all good on that end, but it really shows some kind of instability in our team. And I don't know how many high end defensive prospects, guys that we're really trying to shoot the stars for, would want to come to a team that doesn't even know who their defensive coordinator will be whenever they come in. So that's kind of tough to commit to. Uh, Jordan Battle traction's really lost. I think that's still up in the air. It's he's already committed to Ohio State, and if we didn't flip him on his visit, I don't see really much going our way after this. So don't expect Jordan Battle to commit, for my opinion. Those eyes that we did see, uh, I'm pretty 99% sure it's the Finley Felix Juco offensive tackle guy. Uh, A lot of the coaches did recruiting visits this week, and they went up to him in Kansas, and his coach pretty much said, yeah, his decision's made, even though Finley said, I want to kind of wait to make my decision. The coach pretty much just dropped the marbles on that one. So that's probably who that eye is. Don't forget we have two other active eyes that have been silent for who knows how long now. 
So uh, probably 2020 guys wanting to take their time with everything. So yeah, with the 2019 class, it's coming to an end. I really wish that we could see more from Kenny McIntosh and Jordan Battle, but uh, we'll just have to see how the season goes. I think it's gonna they're really going to watch closely on how we're doing as a team. So it's not as much with watching these games. Think big picture. Yes, we would like to have a good turnaround and do well, but also think how these recruits are watching us and see how we make that turnaround. Uh, that's going to be big for our future. Yeah, I, I, it is important. I mean, this is this is a very pivotal moment, a very very pivotal moment in uh, kind of our our future. I think um, if if this goes south, and I don't I don't, I don't really know how much more south it could go. Uh, don't know if it really really have much of a ceiling, but if we just, we just, we just, this is a very important season. We gotta gotta close strong, and hopefully hopefully things work out. Hopefully we can keep the guys we have. Um, but really, you know, if if we get another loss, just it's just time to focus on the future, focus on uh, 2019 and the guys we have coming in, and hope they all stay. So we need to, uh, yeah. So, anyways. Thank you so much as usual for listening. Um, thanks for thanks to Blake Crowley for coming on. That was awesome. Um, and yeah, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good time as as always. So make sure to subscribe, five stars, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Got our Patreon page. If I don't know, you liked it. I know. Hopefully you did. But anyways, uh, from Bobby and Jameson, thank you so much for watching or for not watching. You can't watch this. Thank you so much for listening. Um, We'll see you next week. Boomer Sooner.